ironoverload.io presents Iron Overload No Bullshit Podcast with your co-host Steve from the American Underground and Mobster from the UK Iron Den. Get ready for the UG info like you've never heard before. No bullshit, no lies, straight hardcore truth. A bodybuilding podcast like you never heard before. And here we go. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, Iron Overload.io Hardcore episode 41. We're doing a peptide series. Today we're going to talk about the peptide, which is TB500, healing peptide, how to use it, dosing it, all that good stuff. It's a really, really interesting topic, and we're going to go over about injuries. So this is this is one for you, not only if you've had a history of injuries, but your future. Um yes. Avoiding injuries. A lot of you younger guys, you're invincible because you'll have an injury in your teens or early 20s, and then you're back into the gym a few days later like nothing happened. But as you get older, and Mobster and I are going to talk about this on this podcast, as you get older, those little nagging injuries don't heal up the same way anymore. And that has to do with wear and tear. It has to do with your human growth hormones dropping. It has to do with the IGF-1 dropping and all that stuff. So you're not going to be able to repair. This is why in the NFL, it's very rare to have a running back who's starting in the NFL who's over 30 years old. Very, very rare. Most running backs, they get drafted. They're in the NFL a few years. They get their balls beat in from wear and tear. And by the time they're 27, 28, they're slow and they're just beat up. Look at look at some of these NFL players like Ezekiel Elliott, for example. His rookie year was his best year. And since then, every year he wore himself down to the point where now he's damaged goods and no one wants him. He's a free agent. So this is a perfect example of what happens to our body when we weight train. So don't think, yeah, I'm invincible. I used to think that way too. And Mobster, when he was younger, I'm sure he'll talk about it. He probably thought the same too. We all do. Because you can work through injuries. You can train through injuries. You can get less sleep and still be okay. But as you get older, things happen so tb500 is a great option for you because tb500 isn't a painkiller it's not something you inject and it kills the pain it tells your brain there's no pain when there really is pain and there really is an injury doesn't trick your brain manipulate your brain it actually works as an anti-inflammatory nice thing about it is a naturally occurring peptide it's thiomycin beta 4 tb500 it's been synthesized as a research chemical, and you can, you can actually buy this stuff and yep. mix it and inject it. So we're going to talk about all about it. We're going to talk about how to use it and everything. Momster, why don't you come in, talk a little bit about that. Talk about your history with injuries, some of the mistakes you've done. We talked on the pre-show with me. Yep. Probably the dumbest thing I've ever done when it comes to an injury is my neck was bothering me. I've had you know history of the herniated disc. Heavy weight training, heavy military presses will do that for you. Heavy bench presses. Um, so the dumb thing I did as I went, I got a cortisone shot into my neck. Literally, the next day, I was back in the gym doing pull-ups and monkey bars and all this crazy shit. That was dumb. You know, that was dumb. Because what happens is the cortisone told my brain that there was no injury. So I went out there and I lifted and I did pull-ups and all this stuff and I caused more and more and more damage along the way. And what what good did that do? 
it really ended up screwing me because I got more and more injured. So you really have to be smart about this. So TB500 is a great, great option in this in that situation with combined with rest to make yourself better. But we'll get into that shortly. I want to bring you in, Monster. You have a lot of history with injuries. Of course, you lift heavy-ass weight. And the guys yeah. that you lift, lift with lift heavy-ass weight. So injuries are going to happen, especially as they get older. Yeah, I mean, two, two parts to this then, Steve. One is um, quite simply, when we're young, like Steve said at the beginning, in fact, when we're kids, Steve, we fall down and land on our asses, right? We cry for five minutes because we're kids. And we get up and we rub our asses and we're fine, right? If you and I now fell over and landed on our asses, I'd be bitching about it for about a week, Steve. I swear to you, 320 pounds landing on my ass, it's going to hurt. Now, guys, that's just, that's just the nature of the beast. When we're heavier... When we're bigger, we're more muscular. Here's, here's the stuff that happens, right? You think you'd be less injury prone. And if we trained in some sort of especially special holistic way, Steve, that all of our training was about injury prevention, then maybe, maybe we'd be okay. But what happens, right? I, I consider myself more of a strength athlete than I do a bodybuilder. But this applies to bodybuilders too. Both my specific exercises that I do for, for example, when I've competed as a grip strength athlete, are going to be grip strength specific. I'm not training to be injury free. I'm training to be as strong as I can in one or two very narrow pathways. And so it's very easy if I do crazy fucked up, as I have done, Steve, national, international, European and world record level stuff that by outside of those narrow pathways, outside of those narrow frames, of reference as far as an exercise is concerned, I'm not actually as crazy strong as I should be. In that frame of reference, I'm 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 world class. Right. So here's the thing with bodybuilding it applies in the same way. If I train to improve my biceps, my triceps, my forearms, my chest, my whatever, I'm training specifically to have that muscle look amazing. Especially if I'm a competing bodybuilder. What I'm not training for again is injury prevention. Now, Steve said when he talks about professional athletes, NFL, ice hockey, boxing, whatever, what's happened in the last couple of years, along with peptides like TB500, is that an enormous part of the ability to keep those athletes working, for them to make money and for the team to do well, has become injury prevention, especially in the off-season. But it's very, very difficult, say, for a top NFL player, uh, uh, linebacker, whatever, to do as much of that as possible. So what do they do, Steve, now? Rugby players in, the, in in Wales, where I live, the moment they come off the pitch, they're taken, and if, if it needs physio, it's done before they've left the stadium. And then as soon as they get back to their home ground, they're working on it again. Uh, and it's a big part. Uh, professional strongmen, world-class strongmen, are now doing four hours training. And if you look at Eddie Hall, Ryan Shaw, etc., they'll tell you it's anywhere between two and four hours a day rehab. So the, the, the reality of the situation is we are looking to push our bodies as far as we possibly can and then expect them not to have injuries. And as an example, like Steve said with his neck, uh, I'm still dealing now, probably over 12 months later, it could easily be another six months, eight months, up to two years, Steve, with my frozen shoulder. Nowhere near the pain that I was getting before when I put it into an arsehole position. I have to warm up loads just to get the range of movement. And it's very, very slowly recovering. And that's as much about inflammation of the joint from me pushing heavy weights on the bench press, pushing overhead and so on. Steve Steve knows the story, and I've told this story, I think, on other podcasts. And if I haven't, I'll tell it again. Of 
I, I had a, a back injury that took 16 weeks to recover from. And it was simple as season again as wear and tear. So the reality is, guys, and, and it's not just us. If you're out there pushing it, if you're out there, as we say, Steve, on the grind, if you're out there on, as, as, I think there's another word, a turn of phrase, which is called on the leading fucking edge of your body's ability to recover, whether it's a world record bench press, whether it's doing crazy, crazy leg workouts. Some of the, we got logs in our forums, Steve, and the guys, I look at the volume of some of those guys that are a lot less strong than I am, doing a load, load more volume. The potential risk for injuries are incredibly high. The wear and tear, the fact that we don't have sometimes enough time off between training sessions, we're not, we're not, and nutrition could be better in terms of our recovery and so on. You know, even just things like we see this on the logs all the time. See, guys not taking enough fish oils, and that's just for your joints. And, and we've, we, 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 one of our planned, hopefully, in a future podcast was just about looking after our joints full stop. So it's become a thing that we need to look at. And peptides like TB500 and another one which we're going to do soon are going to aid your recovery. They're going to help with injuries, especially the minor ones. They're not going to fix a broken bone, guys. But if you're stressing your joints, so if you're stressing especially the connective tissue that's holding on to the joint, that's keeping the muscle there, and the feedback on this is incredibly good, uh, along with BPC-157, as a way of pre injury prevention, but specifically injury recovery, it's become a very, very big deal in all sports, but especially in the strength sports and iron game that we're involved in. And again, if you ask people that have used these peptides, they will tell you that they are not. Some of them have talked about a miracle cure. I think that's a slight exaggeration, Steve, but certainly it's been very, very helpful in injury and tissue repair and recovery from injuries. Back to you, Steve. All right. So. Listen, the bottom line is, um, you know, everyone's tried all kinds of ways. Let's say, let's say your elbow, you hurt your elbow. Okay. You get these anti-inflammatory creams, you take injections, a cortisone injection to your elbow. You do all kinds of things. You'll go to the doctor. They'll prescribe you a drug, you know, uh, sometime for, sometime, something for anti-inflammatory. You go back to the gym. What is inflammatory from? Inflammatory is your body. Being, it, it, your body's releasing that inflammatory, guys. It's not something that's like a foreign substance that got into your elbow like magic. It's your own body. And that inflammation has to go in there, and that inflammation has to heal. So if you have an injury and you get the inflammation, that's your body trying to heal you. Turning off that inflammation is a huge mistake. And it will basically result in that injury not healing properly, or it will it, it, end up especially as you get older is a chronic injury where your elbows just bother you for the rest for basically the rest of your life whenever you weight train so yeah you definitely don't want to do that so tb500 is a great option instead of doing that um and obviously we want to make sure that we're getting proper sleep we want to make sure you get proper rest and you want to make sure you're getting your fruits and vegetables and your good proteins and your good fats because these are all important for nutrition you don't want nutrition deficiencies and those nutrition deficiencies can definitely help you. So if you eat nothing but fast food, you're going to get nutrition deficiencies. And you're not going to heal up the way second, you should. Steve. Sorry, I want to jump in one second. And I know Steve's already said this, but guys, we take anti-inflammatories because we're in pain. And then, like Steve with his neck injury, we carry on doing a stupid fucking thing that's hurting us. And we're not giving our bodies a chance to recover. We are, we've injured ourselves. And then we carry on doing the thing that made us get injured. 
and we don't give the body, as Steve says, a chance to repair and recover. So that is super important. The other thing which I want to bang the drum on, Steve, is anti-inflammatory is full stop. Guys, you are stressing the body already. You're already inflamed. And what happens? You are taking a drug, and I'll use ibuprofen as a great example, uh, and the, the, the even better, and I've got some here, Steve, naproxen, anti-inflammatories. What are we doing? We are inflaming the fuck out of our stomach, our gut lining, by taking a strong medication that actually tears us up if you don't take it with food, for example. So do not, and I understand the athlete mentality, Stephen, I've been guilty of this, but do not, this is our, our message to you, do not overuse anti-inflammatories as a way of masking the pain for the fucking injury that you gave to yourself and actually make that condition worse. And at the same time, rip the fuck out of your stomach, your gut lining, your, your good flora in your stomach by taking very, very strong anti-inflammatories. And a great example of this, Steve, just before you drop back in, is Dorian Yates. Ended up in hospital, I believe his fourth win, I'm going to say. I might be wrong. Feel free to correct me, guys. Where uh, the, the story went around that he had to have uh, pints of blood. And what happened was he was taking an over-the-counter anti-inflammatory prescribed medication, I believe it was. I can't remember if it was prescribed or over-the-counter. And he was taking double the dosage, which was his own downfall, and he says as much. And he took it for months for injuries that he had because he was pushing it too goddamn hard in the gym. And he even says that if he changed his Mr. Olympia journey, despite the fact that he won six times, it would have been to listen to the aches and pains that he had and not overdo the anti-inflammatories. So there's a big, big red flag for the anti-inflammatories. Like Steve says, listen to your body. Train something else. Take time off. Do rehab. Ice. Don't smash it with anti-inflammatories and don't keep pounding it if it's like, like he did with his tricep and his bicep, Steve. But they were hanging on by like strands of tendons and a man carried on training like a lunatic. So, you know, he told you that afterwards. We got it. We got the drive. But you need to listen to that, especially on the anti-inflammatories, Steve. Back to you. All right. So let's kind of get into more about um, this amazing peptide and, um, and how to use it. So one of the things... TB500 does, since it's naturally occurring in the body, you're basically putting more of it in your body. You're putting more of it. So you're kind of, it's a cheat code. You're putting more. And several things it does to promote healing and reduce pain. So first off, regulating actin. And that's a key component of cell structure and movement. So it not only binds to actin, but it blocks something called polymeseration. And that's going to help with wound repair. So I've actually experienced this myself with BPC. I've, I got a cut. And then when I was using BPC um, with TB500, we're going to talk about BPC in the next podcast. But when I was using the TB500 specifically and then added the BPC later, I noticed that my cut healed a lot quicker than it normally would. Like literally two, three times quicker, you know? So um, I, you know, when I were doing yard work, I might get a cut from a, from a shrub or something, you know, or from mowing the lawn or something might get a cut or a burn or anything. So that is, that is amazing. So the research shows it's a wound repair compound and it can also travel long distances through tissues. So we're going to talk about how to dose it in a bit. So that main difference between TB500 and BPC157, which again, we'll talk about in the next podcast is a TB500 doesn't need to be spot injected, but the BPC needs to because the TB500 can travel. So 
So there's a long list of things that it does really good. But here's the five main things. Naturally decreases inflammation, causes collagen dep deposition, promotes carotid, keratinocyte migration, promotes the growth of new blood cells within the tissues. And the fifth thing promotes blood vessel cell differentiation. So promotes blood vessel differentiation. So yeah, I know. The problem is, yeah, we're doing these podcasts so early in the morning. I know. It is early. And they're big words, guys. Differentiation. That's that's basically what we're looking at. I'll do this for you, Steve, very quickly. I'll simplify it. These are great things. Trust me, guys. And I'm yanking Steve's chain with the word, but they are some big words. It's seven o'clock in the morning with Steve. He's, he's not had his first cup of tea or coffee or whatever. Um, basically, when you have a wound on your hand, you get a scab, right? And this is essentially all these things amount to the same thing, Steve. They really do. And that scab is protecting the wound on your hand. And the act action of TB500 body is doing exactly the same thing. It's building up that scar tissue, which, trust me, guys, on a bone injury, for example, when you break a bone, where you've broke it and it's healed, where the fracture heals, the scar, the, the 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 growth of that repaired bone is stronger. And what TB500 does, along with BBC 557, they are both, their action is to make that scar, the scab, if you like, build up and the healing process, the beginning, and the area that they fixed is actually should be stronger than before. And of course, hopefully you don't do crazy shit. Carry on, Steve. All right, so let's talk a little bit more about some of the some of the things that TB five hundred can do in the body. So, let's say you get like a sprain, strain, ligament problems, tears, any of that stuff, including what I have a skin injury, which is like a cut or a burn or something. It's gonna make you heal faster, just pure and simple. Because you're gaining more of what you naturally have in your body, more of what's naturally occurring. And that's the same thing. It's the same concept with protein. Bodybuilders, they consume more protein because they want to do all the things to help, you know, protein synthesis, especially when they're on anabolic steroids. And you're, in this case, anabolic steroids are inflammatory. So I can make the argument TB500 could be a really good option when you use anabolic steroids to counteract that inflammation from the anabolic steroids which will increase your chance of injuries. A lot of people think anabolic steroids decrease injuries and nothing could be further from the truth. Um, you see all these guys who are meatheads and they have a strong history with injuries. They're not only pushing the heavy weights, they're not only doing heavy volume and all that stuff, but they're also those anabolic steroids are increasing their chances of getting injuries. In my case, 100%, I was using Tren around that time and the Tren definitely contributed to my herniated disc. Is it the sole reason? No. Trend is very inflammatory. I would argue TB500 would be a great option to use in a steroid cycle, especially inflammatory, very inflammatory steroids like Trend or using a moderate to high dose, any type of cycle. This is why you see a lot of guys who are bodybuilders, professional bodybuilders using TB500. They know this already. They want to stay healthy. Go ahead, Mopsy. Yeah. I just want to jump in here, guys, and something that we sometimes forget, and especially the newer guys to the uh, sport of lifting and training, whatever else. When we're talking about inflammatory, we're saying that a lot in this podcast, and there's a good reason for it. We are deliberately trying to stress our bodies and get our bodies to respond by getting stronger, more muscular, whatever. And so when we talk about inflation, that's a natural state said earlier on. 
thing for the body to respond to is produces inflammation as a result. So, for example, Steve, let's go back to the classic again, the biceps. If I train my arms crazy, crazy hard, they're supposed to grow in response to the crazy amount of stimuli, over-the-top stimuli that I've given them. Uh, the problem is, of course, and we forget this sometimes, especially the new guys, as I said just now, when, especially when you're taking performance-enhancing drugs, anabolic steroids specifically, you are increasing your body's ability to respond. You are increasing nitrogen uptake. But what are you also doing, Steve? You're really stressing your immune system. You're really stressing your ability to recover from training because you can train harder. And yet at the same time, anabolic steroids are increasing that ability to recover from the crazy amount of training. So it's like a, it's like a, a, a you know, it's the horns of, of a, you know, you're getting hit with the ability to train harder and the ability to stress your body more. And then your body is then able to deal with the stress more because of the anabolic. So it's, it's that kind of vicious circle. The problem is, as we've, we banged the drum at the beginning of this podcast, the you're taking your body to a place, especially if you're a new guy that you've never been before. Some of you say, oh, well, I can't sleep. Well, you gain 10 pounds. Sleep's harder when you gain 10 pounds. I'm sore all the time. Well, of course you're sore all the time. You're training harder. You're lifting more weights. You're doing more reps. It's bound to happen. And it's kind of almost a shock to some of the new guys. And we have to say that's, that's kind of what was supposed to happen. But at the same time, as Steve says, it's inflamed. It feels literally feels like you're on fire sometimes, guys. The muscles are sore all the time. And there's another one which especially applies to the connective tissue over the muscle tissue. Muscle tissue on anabolics can recover a lot quicker. Connective tissue is incredibly slow growing and slow recovering. So keep that in mind when you use anabolics for the first time or you up the dosage or you go absolutely crazy or it's your first strength competition, your first bodybuilding competition, your first big, big high-level athletics event, wrestling, boxing, whatever you're taking the drugs for, MMA. You're taking your body into a place it's never been before. It will be inflamed. And it's a, a literally a scenario that you've never been into. You've never been this far. You've never been this aggressive. You've never trained this hard. You are putting your body under stress. That's exactly why we train street. Stress to make something happen for our muscles to go for us to get stronger. And at the same time, the risk of injury becomes that much higher. You will be tired. You will be sore. It's a, these are all perfectly normal, natural responses. However, the risk of injury is that much higher because, again, we're in a place that we would never been before. We're going to do stupid stuff. We're going to lift the weight that we might not know we can do or we're going to do reps that we might not know that we can do until literally we try them that particular day. We know of, and this applies to us, Steve and myself, where we have put on 10 or 15 kilos, 20, 30 pounds on the bar, way more than we've ever done before. And we literally have no idea if we're going to be able to move it, press it, curl it, bench it, squat it, whatever, until we get underneath the bar. And that in that moment, Steve, the risk is incredibly high. And we should be aware that we're going to be inflamed. We should be aware that we're going to be sore or strained or tired the next day. But sometimes we're not. And we're crazy motherfuckers and we just carry on. So, yeah, this is exactly what's supposed to happen. Let's talk about dosing, Steve, and preparation, especially how, how fragile peptides are, because this is super important, guys, that you know how to prepare and or dose these things properly because of the fragility of peptides. Talk about that, Steve. So universally, there is a way to dose it. Now, the nice thing about it, TB500, is you're not just going to get the healing benefits that we talked about. You're also going to get the endurance. You'll notice that. You'll notice that you're able to push harder and longer in the gym 
and it gives you that little bit of an edge that only a seasoned person would know. Like, so if you know your body well, you'll know, wow, this is making a difference. So this is, this is the dosing. If you want to enjoy this healing, this healing and this, this endurance benefits and overall, you know, this is the way. So obviously it's going to come in a powder form in a vial 10 years ago, 15 years ago, for sure. You couldn't find this stuff. Very, very difficult. Um, sources might carry it for a little bit and it's sell out. They never carry it again. Nowadays, you can come on the form, ironoverload.io. Again, ironoverload.io. Everyone wants to know when they listen to this podcast where to go. That's where you got to go. Come on. And we have tons of sources that carry TB500. So you can come and buy legitimate TB500. But five or 10 years ago, it was mostly 99% fake. Who the hell knows what you're putting in your body? So you're going to get the powder form. Needs to be reconstituted. Backwater is usually the one I recommend. Very easy to do. You want to keep your peptides in the fridge before and after you constitute it. So basically, they come in vials, two milligram, five milligram. You want to be able to uh, constitute it very carefully. You don't want to be aggressive. You don't want to shake it too much. You want to make sure you're very gentle with these peptides. They're very fragile. So after you constitute it, then you're ready to go. You can inject it and then move on from there. Now, it is going to get a little pricey um, initially because right off the bat, you're going to start with two milligrams, two to three times per week for a month or two. And then you can start reducing it to two, three month, uh, three, two to three times a month. And then after that, you can do every other week, every three weeks, every four weeks for maintenance. If that's the program, but initially it's going to be a little pricey and you're going to have to do it that way to kind of get it built up in your system. And then you can reduce it as you go along. So where to inject? That's another good question. And like I told you guys earlier in the podcast, TB 500, you don't have to spot inject this. It's not going to make a difference. So you can just, the easiest place to inject these peptides, just like your human growth hormone, which is also a peptide, it's going to be in your stomach fat. Just pull up the stomach fat to the right and left of your navel, and then just pin it right into that with a slim pin. Very Use a 29-gauge slim pin or a 31-gauge whatever, and you just pin. Very, very easy to do. Sub-Q, you don't have to do an intramuscular injection. So very easy to do, Mobster. And um, again, come on the forums, ironoverload.io. There are plenty of sources that carry it nowadays, and you can get the legitimate TB500 because there's a lot of fakes back in the day. Go ahead. Yeah, so fragility, guys. Peptides are incredibly sensitive to heat, incredibly sensitive to cold. And you did hear Steve say about stick it in, in the refrigerator. You don't freeze it. You don't leave it on the windowsill. We've had guys, and the same thing applies to some anabolics as well, Steve, where they've left the syringe in the car. Uh, with growth hormone or any peptide, because growth hormone, of course, is a peptide, do not leave these anywhere we are going to get crazy heat. The classic for medication is cool, dark, and dry. Now, when I talk about fragility, I want to make sure that this is super important. As it comes in a powder and you're adding it to brachioacidic water, um, don't shake it like a motherfucker. Gently swirl it, and I mean gently swirl it. Again, there are videos on YouTube. You can check this stuff out, how to reconstitute peptides. 
do not shake it vigorously like a crazy thing. It is literally, if it's a long chain amino acid or a short chain amino acid, super, super fragile. So, I mean, you know, in the lab, you've seen the machines, Steve, that you've seen for making certain products. Some of them are like a washing machine that's going 100 miles an hour. The ones for peptides are super slow. It's literally like a brandy in a glass. You're just gently swirling it around just so it dissolves, just so it's in suspension so that you can inject it. If you do it the other way around, you will lose some of the benefits. If you let it get too hot, you will lose some of the benefits. You let it get too cold or freeze it, you will lose some of the benefits. And a classic example of this, and I'm going to name and shame you because it's out there on the internet. Let's not be just telling you something that's not, not uh, doable, is the peptides that were visible in an early version of a Jay Cutler video that miraculously disappeared in a later version of the same video when he was doing one of those, you know, um, lifestyles of the Richard Famous house tours and he opens up the fridge door. There are screenshots available on the internet. He's not the only one. Uh, and, and the peptides were there in the fridge door for this specific reason. Hey, Steve, I've got some brachycidic water here up in the fridge door ready for the next time. And I've got some CB500, funny enough, here for the same reason. But yeah, guys, that is, you must do that. Anything else, too much heat, too much cold, crazy swirling, and you will damage very, very sensitive fractional peptides that we're looking at here. And, and basically, you'll ruin the, the effect. Now, the cost, as Steve says, has gone down. I won't quote the price right now because who knows when you're going to be listening to this podcast. But the alcohol that we're referring to has a number, and I can say now that the number is a lot, lot less uh, because a lot more companies are reproducing it. And as Steve said, the quality is a lot better than it used to. You didn't know what you were getting before. You, any one of our rep, 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 companies that we give approval to, ask for certificate analysis, go onto their websites, check it out, see the certificates, talk about where the product come from, ask them questions, just so you'll feel comfortable with that as well. Uh, yeah, anything else, Steve? Yeah, very important stacking. Now, you can use TV500 by itself, but it works really good stacked. There's um, another peptide that we're going to discuss in the very next podcast, and that's going to be episode ironoverload.io hardcore episode 42, and that's going to be BPC157. Stacking it with that is what I highly recommend if you want to get the best results so that you would do the TB500 into your stomach fat. It's going to go all over your body. And then the BPC, you want to inject it in the spot. So listen to the podcast that we're going to do, episode 42 about BPC, to learn how to use BPC properly. They stack very well together, but again, you don't have to stack them. Another one that stacks really well, human growth hormone stacks really well with it. Uh, GHRPs stack really good with it for healing, but those are going to increase your appetite. Um, and then you've got Nutriball, MK677, which is sold as a SARM. It's not really a SARM, but it's sold as a SARM. That stacks well too, but again, that's going to increase your appetite. So I know, Mobster, you you like MK677. Yeah, I'm using it right yeah. now, Steve, and I'm getting great yeah. results. Something else that we've mentioned in previous podcasts, and I even touched on it in the beginning of this one, guys. Don't forget to look after your joints and connective tissue anyway, so reduce your yeah. chances of injury. Supplements. Yeah, Make sure you're oils. getting proper nutrition, and yes. if you have to supplement in your fish oil, your krill oil, um, your yeah. good fats. You know, your good fats, a lot of people don't understand how important good fats are. So make sure you're getting your humane-friendly eggs, your raw nuts, your unrefined cold-pressed coconut oil when you cook your food. If you use refined oils in your food, you're just tearing up your joints more. So take care of your joints. Do a better job of that. Make sure you're 
you're taking in the good fats, not the bad fats. Anytime you eat fast food or restaurant food, it's all bad fats. It's all bad fats. So it's all making it worse, making your inflammation worse. So you want to consume a diet which is low on inflammation. Um, I recommend a low FODMAP diet, F-O-D-M-A-P. That's going to, that may help you like literally instantly switching your diet to a low FODMAP diet, avoiding garlic and onions, for example, condiments, all this stuff literally overnight. And also dairy, reducing dairy, reducing soy, reducing gluten. So definitely come on the forums, ask questions. We'd love to hear from you guys. Mobster, take us in a disclaimer. Great show. Please note, we are not doctors and the opinions are ours. It's our view and it's based on our experience and views on the topic. Our podcast are for informational purposes and entertainment only. The freedom of speech and the First Amendment applies.